This is Tara Grenovd with the Grounding and Growing Leadership Podcast, powered by Align, and this is episode 24. Michelle Pape saw my potential and then challenged me to be a better version of myself about 20 years ago. She has this crazy talent to call out the best in others and then is willing to risk making people uncomfortable in order to help them grow. She has impacted countless lives through her work in leadership, and as she approaches what we'll call semi-retirement, we can't wait for you to learn from her experiences and perspectives, and we know you're going to enjoy today's conversation. Welcome to the Grounding and Growing Leadership Podcast, where everyone is a leader and leadership starts with you. I'm Tara. And I'm Pamela. Thank you for listening and inviting us along on your leadership journey. Welcome. Today, we are honored and excited to have our friend and my coach for almost my entire adult life, Michelle Pape. (laughs) I was trying to figure it out the other day, Michelle, and 2004 is when we met. And so we're coming up on a lot of years. Yeah. Coming up on 20 years of knowing each other. And you've had an incredible transformational impact on my life and on the lives of many. And so we're just really excited to have you on the podcast today. I am so excited to be here. (laughs) I got to meet Michelle in 2007 when I first started to work with Tara. And I can say that I continued to work with Tara because she was working with you. So Mm -hmm. I am very grateful. (laughs) Gosh, I had no idea that we have known each other that long, Pamela. I know. Can you believe it? And that just makes my heart so happy. And I have seen over and over again along the way, the myriads of people that you have impacted. And I I haven't had a chance because I'm not in Minnesota, but Michelle has had some recent honors. And I know, Terry, you're going to go into that. But I just want to say congratulations. Well done, good and faithful servant. Job well done. Just impacting people and bringing them to their source. And it's been just such a, such an honor to be able to watch the journey that you have been on. As Tara often knows, I just can't help myself from saying something like, I serve at the pleasure of the Lord. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Don't mistake he who is in me for me. No, but we have to be obedient to live out that purpose. And yeah. that is truly what is, I think, remarkable, Michelle. I'll probably get emotional today. So I'll just put that out there because of the impact that you've had on on my life. And I feel that way when I think about you even (laughs) semi-retiring. So we could edit that part out, but. (laughs) No, this is about keeping it real. We're going to. I know. And I feel the same emotion. Tell me. So before we go any deeper, because there's a lot of questions that we have for you today, Michelle, I want to just give our listeners a a snapshot of who you are and why we invited you on today's podcast. Michelle is currently the founder and connector with Next Monday, and she's the owner of Michelle Pape Inc. She's also the recent recipient of the 2023 Athena Award. And for those of you not aware, the Athena mission is to recognize and honor area women who have achieved excellence in their careers and who inspire women leaders to achieve excellence in their professional and personal lives. And both Pamela and I, as you've just heard, can personally attest to her impact on her own lives and careers, as well as countless others. Truly, the impact she's had is incredible. And that's why we've asked her to be a guest on our podcast and talk about the legacy that we have the opportunity to leave as leaders. Michelle recently moved with her husband, Dieter, and golden doodle puppy, Harley, 
who is, I know in the background we might hear from today, <laughs> to the lakes area of Alexandria, Minnesota, where she's looking forward to waking up every day to a view of the water and all things associated with lake living. Michelle continues her work with Next Monday to connect organizations and women to the Next Monday events, like the Women of Influence Summit and EPG membership, which we'll talk about later. She also recently started a new company, Michelle Pape Inc., where she continues her longtime traction EOS meeting facilitation, selective executive coaching engagements, and more. Uh, and one thing that we know about Michelle is that she's always exploring her life's purpose, building a world without regret while striving to honor her mission to live a faith-filled life of gratitude while loving others and building community. Uh, and in 2023, this month that we're recording, even though it'll have been a few months, Michelle will complete a four-year leadership journey by the Aperio, which is Tim Spiker's group. And he was, if you want to go back and listen to Tim, he was episodes 13 and 14 of the podcast. There she has worked to become and be and stay a leader worth following, which we know she is. Michelle, you just celebrated a retirement party a few months ago. Yes. And I had the honor and privilege of being there. And it's clear that you have had an impact on hundreds, if not thousands of lives. Did you know that your career would result in that kind of impact? No. In fact, it wasn't actually until as part of the journey that you just spoke about with uh, the Imperio and Tim Spiker a couple of years ago. And you were involved in this, Tara, actually, uh, when we were studying, I think it was self-awareness. We had to reach out to some people and ask them about strengths and quirks and the other side of that coin of the strengths, which is the Mimi can work on this a little bit. And but one of the things that came out of those interviews that I did with people was this, all of a sudden, it felt like this literal awareness for the fact that there's a huge next Monday community. And I didn't even know it. <laughs> but interview after interview, people talked about how, you know, they've been associated with something related to next Monday, whether it was EPG or attended the summit, and that when they meet somebody that is associated with it, that they trust them, and then they work together, or they refer their parents, or their brothers, or their sisters, or then or now they're like best friends. And I was like, what the heck? I didn't know. I didn't I had no idea. But I knew I, I knew like you, Tara, the connector, and very relational. Not that you're not, Pamela. I just didn't look at your strengths recently. But I didn't know about the community building aspect, mm -hmm. what was happening. Let's go back. Normally, when we start with a guest, I we asked about their top five strengths and which of their strengths is having the biggest impact for them or that they're really connected most to. And I think that flows into what you were just talking about. So I have your strengths in front of me, Michelle. Your top five are relator, maximizer, connectedness, ideation, and belief which is a very connected uh, community building profile. So I'm not surprised that you even unintentionally built that community, uh, mm -hmm. which we want to dive into. But which of those strengths is really, are you really most connected with right now? It is undoubtedly belief. Mm -hmm. I prayed for years that that, that would be my source, that I would wake up in the morning present with him, that I would go to sleep um, thinking of him, 
and that whether I had trials and tribulations or joy, that I would go to him first. And he answered that prayer. And yeah, that belief part of my life has just gotten overwhelmingly. It's interesting. So belief is as a strength, the ability to live out our values and need to live out our values through our actions on a daily basis. So as a strength and then connectedness, which is also in your top five, is just this space and in something bigger and that we are all connected and for a purpose and for a reason. And so that combination, I absolutely see live out in your, in your career. And I have experienced it over and over again. And um, when I first met you, Michelle, I was in I was in a um, assistant role and I was only working for Tara, I think maybe 10 hours a week is when I started. Is Do I really work for Tara? <laughs> oh, oh, look at you. Look at you yes. speaking about. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what was, that is what is so beautiful about the two of us, like coming alongside one another and working with each other and um, making each other better. But you saw that immediately. And I do want to say as well that oftentimes we run into leaders that are so much more, they look first at your title. They look first at your position. They look first at the number of hours or your hourly pay rate or what you have done before. And I want to say, Michelle, is that you look past that. You look through a person and inside someone to bring out what they can't see in themselves. And that has been one of the greatest strengths that I know people at any level um, have been met with. And so I want to ask you, how is it uniquely and when did you experience it that you saw that happening where someone saw through you and you didn't have a title dependent on it or didn't you? And you knew that you needed to bring it to the world because it's who you are. Mm, well, no, they have never really been asked that question. But speaking of emotion, it's just a flood of emotion. Um, yeah. Clearly, I don't know, maybe you'll end some of this out, but the first place I go to is God, he creates each one of us and he knows why he created us and the work that he wants us to do. So he first not only recognized that he built it when he wove me in my mother's womb. Yeah. And then I had these two parents that... But I was everything. And one, I had only one brother, older brother, four years old, Steve, still alive, who were, we talk almost every day and we have just loved each other forever. And so I have this incredible foundation under me. But through the years, I just met people, including my husband, that just saw potential in me and encouraged me and believed in me. But I would say two of the, more recent would be would be Becky Etsby, the new owner of Next Monday, mm-hmm. who, when you think of a strong executive, she epitomizes it. And, and I don't think I do, <laughs> uh, but she saw my strengths. And, and then actually before her, and I don't even know, we've been talking about how many years it's been today. Um, so I don't know how long it's been, but maybe it's been 12 years or something, but Tim Spiker from the Aperio. We just would engage in conversations about things around leadership that I always felt very much like an island 
in my thoughts because the world was telling me the things that I thought were important weren't that important. And then all of a sudden came on this guy who was telling me that the things that I believed were most important are most important. And, and then yes. the deepest, we've had, we have the deepest conversations and I, and he is very intelligent, as you both know, and very well read and spoken. And I'm not, but he has always seen something in me and the power of that is, it's such a gift to see something in somebody that they don't see. Michelle, I think if we were talking to Tim right now, he would say that you saw something in him as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And continue to call that out in him. I think that is the gift of being in your world is that you can't help but see potential in people and you can't help but call it up and call it out. Where has that come from for you of just naturally seeing past, as Pamela said, past titles and past behavior even and just seeing potential in people? I think, once again, these are such great questions because things I haven't really thought about, but the answers just are right, are just right there. Um, my mom uh, was just that person. Uh, I remember a day when she came home with a woman from India from the grocery store when we were just <laughs> little that she had met. And, and every child that came into our home, she knew their names and she talked to them and she saw them and... So I think it was born there, but I also, I feel like I get a little bit more credit because I think, no, I know God has refined me and I don't, I think I'm like a lot of people. I do look at it. I do look at titles and I do look at things, but God is always reminding me to stop it. And just two or three days ago when we moved into our temporary housing, well, our home is being built, I met our neighbor, Bob and his wife, Judy. And um, they're probably not all that much older than we are, but they feel way older than we are. And there's a part of me that would say, no, I don't really have time for them. And they don't have anything for me. And I'm like literally kicking my own ass. Saying, Stop that. Because someday you're going to hope that somebody, when you're older and alone, pays attention to you and sees you. And so you're like, I heard Bob out the other day and I walked over there and I talked to him because it's the right thing to do because he is somebody and he's really important. And it's so easy to overlook people. And I think right now, as I think about it, I'm thinking about a story I've told so many times why leadership is so important to me is because my parents work so hard their combined highest ever income was $40,000 a year. No one ever saw them and they worked so hard. And they were treated mostly so poorly. And I just wanted to change that. People didn't see them, but they made such a difference in their jobs. Your ability to see people transforms them. Yeah. Because people are so hungry to be seen. And as leaders, if we could understand that, if we could really understand that in terms of our purpose as leaders. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, Tara, I just, I was working with a client recently and I, I challenged her to step up as a leader with someone she really doesn't like. Because as leaders, we can't always 
like the people we lead like a lot, but we're still leaders and they should never know. They should never know we don't like them. And that, so the first work, and, and they usually have issues, that's why we don't like them. But the first issue that we have to deal with is our own perceptions and our own thought process and our own dislike of their behavior because that behavior was born out of something. I say every baby was born perfectly and then the world. So what happened to them? I don't, I'm not a big fan of any celebrity, but I will say I will give Oprah Winfrey credit when she was retiring from her TV show. She, uh, she said one of her biggest learnings was that the one thing everyone had in common, whether she was interviewing homeless people, or I guess we're supposed to say houseless now, or heads of state, the one thing everyone had in common was that they all wanted to matter. Yeah. And Michelle, the, the way that you help people to be seen in the eyes of others has also been a really huge part of why I think the business community and specifically the business community of women in the central Minnesota area that has helped to see that this other woman matters as a human, that she's not my competition, that she is an, another person created um, to make an impact on the world. You said it earlier to ask the question of what happened to them. And to look underneath the iceberg of how we may see the tip of the iceberg being anger, the tip of the iceberg being being in competition or gossip, but to get underneath that and to say, you know what, this this isn't how I've known you, and it feels like there's something else going on than underneath. So you've taught many women that you've lived that out, and I wanted to ask, how did you, as Tara, you have this in her notes. As this year's Athena Award winner, you have connected women in the business community in central Minnesota. Specifically, you've had an impact on all people, but specifically there has been this point of connection. Did you ever set out to make this kind of impact and actually be able to have who you are so overflow to a community of women in such a huge way? No, as we're having this conversation, I'm just like, oh, geez, you guys, this is dumb. I'm just, I didn't set out to do anything and anything that did happen was, yeah, to to your point, you have to be obedient. And I think what I did set out to do, maybe one of the things is, so before I started this thing called EPG or Executive Peer Groups, I read a book called Lean In by Cheryl Sandberg. When I read that book, what I heard her say is, okay, I think there is discrimination in the world. And she cited all this research about it that make it harder for women. But she said, let's put that aside because I don't think that's what I was made to focus on or change necessarily. But she said, when I observe women in my life, whether they're friends or my sisters or my college roommates or people, women I work with or women that reported to me, women I reported to, some of the things we have in common is that we lack confidence because there's this voice that lives in our head that's so mean and we're trying to be perfect and it's impossible and it wears us down. And we think asking for help is a sign of weakness where the reality is it's a sign of strength. And when I read that, I thought, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one. 
Mm-hmm. And here's the CEO of Facebook saying it. And then I started talking about that with other women and realized it was true that many of us, it's the rare one that doesn't actually think those three things. And that's when I decided I wanted to change it. And truth be told, it's interesting. I was just asked to speak at St. Cloud Rotary as the Athena Award winner. But when I was a member of St. Cloud Rotary, I used to get so frustrated because none of the guys would talk to me. And I would be so angry at them. And then I remembered, I don't remember the timing if it was after I read that book or before, but I remember thinking, oh my gosh, why am I angry at them when they do all the, they do so many things that I wish women could do. They network mm-hmm. and they work together and they mentor each other's kids and they hire each other's kids and they refer each other. And I'm like, I want to do that with women. And we did. You did. <laughs> I don't know if that answers your question, but that's where my mind goes, Pamela. You had a purpose in mind. And Michelle, I've known you since long before EPG, the executive peer groups and the community that you build. But I will say you've always embodied and valued the emotional side of leadership way more than most people are comfortable with, way more than I used to ever be comfortable with. You've taught me so much about the value of just honoring the emotion in the room and willing to be uncomfortable, willing to even make other people uncomfortable in order to grow in that way. And it's so powerful because you said earlier, you're not polished in that professional corporate way. And thank goodness, because I don't know that you could have had the impact that you've had on lives if you were polished and so worried about appearance and perception. Yeah. And you do it in spaces. Again, I want our listeners to know that this is in large rooms of people full of men and women. I remember being in a large room with you behind a soundboard working on a video feed from LeaderCast. And in between all of these top corporate Fortune 500 speakers and leaders, we would hear these presentations. And then Michelle, you would come up in between and you would tie everything that they we're saying to the humanity of the people in the room and then all of a sudden it connected. So you have had that skill because you've been so authentic, real-time, intuitively, to be able to take principles and make them personal. And you've done that because you haven't been afraid to be real. And, and it was very off the cuff and it was very in real time and it made it sticky and it made people remember it and to it. I I think I learned more from you than anyone else that it's okay to be uncomfortable. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable though, isn't it? (laughs) I was just facilitating a meeting a few months ago and there was something happening. And in retrospect, I thought, I could have done that. If I had to do that all over again, I would have done it differently, I think. But a lot of times when I have that conversation with myself, I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I think maybe it just had to be uncomfortable. And I didn't call someone out, but I, I just said, we, we can't talk like that about people that are in the room. We just can't talk about people that are in the room in that way. And somebody got pretty defensive and I totally get it because I would too if someone said that to me. But I care about not the person that she was talking about, but I cared about her and it put her in such a poor light. And this young woman is so amazing. And I don't want people to see her in a poor light. I want to see, I want people to see her for her strengths. 
and all of our capabilities. And when we go down that path, we've all done it when we're talking about somebody in a way that we wouldn't talk about them if they were present. We've all done it. And um, that's why it's hard to point it out sometimes because I'm like, oh, there I am. But I just want the world to see the best in people. And when we do that, they don't see that. Pamela alluded to that earlier, just your ability to help people see each other even. If you've ever heard of an executive peer group, I know that there's a very famous one or one that's well-known called Vistage. I know that I've seen, we've seen other models out there. I promise what Michelle has created with Next Monday's executive peer group is extremely different. It is women only. It allows for women to come and be their whole self. And Pamela and I talk about that all the time with leadership development. You bring your whole self, so you have to deal with your whole self. So a, play, a safe place for women to come in community and to, it's really peer coaching. But your facilitation of that, especially in the early years, it was tricky because we didn't know how to do that. What did you learn in those early years of creating EPG that's important for people to remember when they're building community? We're going to make a lot of mistakes, deal with it. It's the perfection thing. It's not possible. And we have to remember what are our intentions? They really do. They do matter. So just keep learning, keep making mistakes, keep taking risks. Keep trusting that you can do better. Remember that each one of us was created with great intention. I worked so much on this thing called confidence with women. And I don't know if I've said this enough, but the process of working with other women to do that, I had to step into a place of doing it for and with myself. And because I, I swore I could, I did not want to be a hypocrite. And so how could I teach women to be confident if I couldn't become it? And, and I have. My confidence is not in me. It's in somebody greater. But to really trust that each one of us was created differently. And if each one of us could truly become who we were created to be, to do what we were created to do with whoever we were created to do it with. Oh my gosh. And I think that's what I finally have figured out is that all the things maybe I wanted to do that I thought I should do, the things I thought I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to be because that was somebody, that's somebody else's job. And that, that links to, and maybe we'll build on this in, in part two, you, you just have, uh, a mindset of abundance. And I think it, it must be linked to that for you, Michelle, of everyone has a specific ability and a unique ability and people that they could work with. And so it's what's yours to do and what's mine's to do. And we don't need to be in competition. We can be in abundance together because of that. And it's beautiful. Michelle, we're going to continue the conversation here into part two. Thanks for being with us. And if you're listening, we hope that you'll join us next week to continue this conversation. Come on.